The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Kind of overcast, kind of rainy, but you know... This is so much better than the alternative hot and dry. Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Ain't it a beautiful morning? And welcome to our party. It's a garden party. We call it the Gestalt Gardener. Our producer is an awesome Java Chapman, and we're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Coming up in today's June broadcast, first weekend of June broadcast, I'm going to give you a heads up on some things you can be doing in your southern garden, share a few emails, and and uh, some really cheesy music suggested by a listener. But the most important thing, the most adorable thing I, that I enjoy about this, it is a live program where I'm going to talk with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own southern garden. So live program, folks, sit back, join us. We're going to do some news and come out with your phone calls here on the Gestalt Gardener on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're talking about gardening. Hey, Java, how are you this morning, man? You doing all right? Yeah, man, I'm hanging in there. I wish the sun was out, but, you know, like you said, it's better than being hot and dry, a little cold and rainy. Yeah, you know, it's one of those kind of things where it's either too hot and too dry for too long, or it's too wet and overcast for too long. But I planted a whole bunch of stuff before I left for Disney a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's all still alive. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. That's good. How was your How was your trip? I know you, you did the show over the um, was, over yeah, phone. It was good. I uh you know, they, they had this International Flower Festival there, and I've been doing it for 25 years, and I guess I've been one of their headliners for, I don't know, five or six times. And uh, this was the last weekend, so they had a nice crowd. I gave six talks to a bunch of folks just wanting to talk about slow gardening. And yeah, you know how to talk. Yeah, you know, I can, you know, I'm a retired extension agent. Now, you can't appreciate this job, but an extension agent can talk for 45 minutes about a pencil. You know, that's just, that's, that's, that's what we do. But uh, anyway, I had a good time and, and saw some interesting things that, that, that I really enjoy. Um, one of the things that I emphasized in my talks, I, I don't give standard uh, lectures wherever I go. I try to custom make them for the crowd and the place and all like that. And, and I worked in a whole lot of stuff about savoring what you do in the garden. It's not what you do or so much how you do it is why you do it. If you don't, if you're not really enjoying, it, if you're not following your own bliss, you know, you, you just you just jump through hoops. That's all it is to it. But uh, I did really appreciate some of the trends that Disney <clears throat> helps promote. One is container gardens, all sorts of stuff in containers, not just flowers, but shrubs and and uh, herbs and vegetables, all mixed in vegetables and herbs and flowers and shrubs and vines and everything all mixed together, and they have a really cool little. Uh, technique. It's an old. It's a. Well, when I was at Mississippi State, when I was learning about floral design from from uh, Ralph Null, Doctor Ralph Null, who is a, one of the preeminent um, floral designers in the country, one of the top award winners there. Um, he taught us about this thing called line, mass, and filler. Line, mass, and filler. And all the garden club ladies and folks who arrange flowers, they nod their head. They know what that is, line, mass, and filler. But you have to explain those. You have to to, uh, to to put them in plain English. And so I just changed line, mass, filler to spiky, roundy, frilly. If you put something spiky and something roundy and something frilly, maybe something floppy in a container, people think you know what you're doing. doesn't matter whether it's flowers or roundy. It could be a bowling ball. Spiky could be a crepe myrtle branch painted purple. But anyway, something spiky something roundy, something frilly, and maybe something floppy. Uh, they also uh, really emphasize uh, butterflies and pollinators, masses of color, garden sculptures. Um, and uh, it, it's just 
really important to have all that kind of stuff in the garden because it, it gives life and excitement and color and motion and drama and all that kind of stuff. You know, I don't want to talk too much about that because I want to talk about folks gardening here in the Deep South, whether there's Mississippi or Tennessee, Louisiana, Alabama. I stayed out in uh, Arkansas. I stayed down in uh, Orange Beach this past weekend, spent a little time going around a few towns like Foley and and. Uh, um, you know, there's there's, there's just so fair hope. There's so many cool little towns there. If you get off the road and just cruise around, you find real life, real gardening life. And uh, I got quite a few emails this uh, past couple of three weeks. I think I'm caught up on them. I answered some, something like 117 emails yesterday. Matter of fact, two different uh, people who wrote back with thanks asked if I ever sleep. Well, yeah, too much. That's the reason I spent a lot of time catching up. But um, there's a few things going on I'd love to talk about. If you want to give us a call, though, it's a live program. The toll-free number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven mpb ring By the way, this uh, month is Perennial Gardening Month. Um, this coming week, starting tomorrow, is International Clothesline Week. Java, some people live in neighborhoods where you can't put a clothesline up. Now, I don't understand that because when I was little, <laughs> we that's how we that's how we drew dried our clothes on the clothesline. That's how I still do it. You know, matter of fact, I I, I walk to cups a lot in the morning and I wear t-shirts, you know, that old black t-shirts. And I kind of somebody said, "Well, if you hang things on a on a clothesline, it leaves all those pinch marks on your shoulders." I'm thinking, "Yeah, that's a sign that I'm better than everybody else." You know, everybody else got those cl- tumble dry things. I get little pinch marks to show that I'm Mr. Solar. <laughs> That's, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> well, no matter, I, I I could take it down a notch too by mentioning also that some people say it makes clothes scratchy, and uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but an old guy like me, scratchy underwear is kind of a buzz. You know what I'm saying? Let's see, Felder. Okay. Let me uh, let me let me. We got we got callers coming in. Let me ask this question real quick. Um, I I was driving past the grocery store. I'm not gonna give a name. Uh, and they had all the flowers out. You know, uh-huh. what do you what, what's good to buy? From, uh, you know, I guess from the grocery store or if you're not at a garden center where you're talking to, you know, somebody knowledgeable. Yeah. Are you talking about plants or cut flowers like flower yeah. bouquets and stuff? No, actual plants because, you know, it's time, to, it's time to plant now. Yeah, most of the time it's okay. A lot of times if it's the local, if the manager, if it's a locally owned store, the manager orders stuff from locally grown, you know, they're usually pretty good. Sometimes a little pricey, but um, they usually have pretty interesting stuff. Uh, on the other hand, chains, you know, some of the chains we have even uh, in Mississippi, I've noticed they sell stuff that really don't grow well here. I've seen fruit plants and herb plants that are trendy and popular and they sound great. But, you know, the, the person who ordered it is not a local gardener. And so a lot of times you see what I call lost leaders, uh, plants that are pretty and a little expensive. They just don't like it here. So I, I would I would say if it's uh, locally done and the guy orders ordering for somebody local, that's okay. If it's a chain thing, you know, you, I'm going to say you got a probably better than a third of a chance that it's not going to grow. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not an experienced gardener, but I go to the grocery store, I go to the big box store, uh-huh. and I see those pretty, you know, the pretty flowers out. And let's just say the person is not just that knowledgeable. Yeah. So I don't, you know, know if it's a good deal or, you know. Yeah, the only thing is if you buy something that thinks it's going to live and it won't, you know, there goes your hope. If it's a cut flower, that's great. Usually there's some really pretty good deals at cut flower, especially if the last minute you forgot somebody for some special reason. Hey, let's go to the phone. Let's go up to Memphis and talk with Joy. Good morning, lady. Thanks for calling. Uh, hi, yes. Um, I was wondering Okay, you need to speak up just a little bit. Propagate. Did okay. you say muscadine? There we go. Much better. No, a, a mimosa tree. Okay, uh, good. Uh, mimosas are, are really easy from seed. Matter of fact, if there's one, there's going to be lots of little ones all around. And those that are, that are. I mean, I have a popular, I, I like my, some people don't like mimosas because they're kind of weedy. I love them because hummingbirds like them. And I think those flowers look like little baby flamingo larvae or something. But mm-hmm. uh, they, they come up, when they sprout from seed, a, a mimosa tree is going to have a real fast, deep taproot. And it's hard to move one that's more than about a foot or two tall. So they came up this year. So, um, you know, you can buy, there is a type of mimosa that's actually sold called summer chocolate that's got pink flowers, it's got deep burgundy or maroon leaves. It's really cool, but it's grafted. But uh, I just don't, I don't think they root that easily is what I'm saying. Okay. All right. But can you think you could um, use the seedlings? 
Vaseline. And do you do what with it? If you can, if you can um, use the seedling, you know, get seeds off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they they have those what look like beans. If you just wait till they turn brown and papery, every one of those seeds, if you just sow them on top of some potting soil and water them a little bit, they'll sprout this year, and you can transplant them this fall. So, anyway, my most trees from seed. Again, some people don't really like certain kind of plants because they're not from here, and they tend to spread. I'm thinking so do azaleas. Azaleas don't spread themselves, but they, they, they use people to spread themselves. And azaleas aren't from here either. If you look around, they're everywhere, more so than our native blueberries. Anyway, let's go down to uh, Louisiana. Buddy, are you really in a town called Waterproof, or are you just saying you're waterproof? Both. <laughs> Where's Waterproof, Louisiana? Across the river from uh, Natchez. Okay. Natchez and Vicksburg on the west side of the river. Okay, the other way from Vidalia. Just north of Vidalia. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, what's up? What can we help you with today? Are you aware of any research that's been done on using shade cloth to cool tomatoes down during hot weather to increase pollination? Uh, well, yeah, it will cool plants down. Um, you know, as long as it's not such dense shade that they're growing in the shade. You know, they need tomatoes are full sun plants. Okay, at what height should you place it, and what percent shade should you use? Well, uh, you know, there's not any research on that I know of on on using shade cloth, you know, to 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 cool plants down. Usually, it's to protect them from the sun. So I would say, you know, the, whatever shade, the the thinnest shade cloth you could get, the one that lets the most light in, and I put it high enough to where it could, you know, knock some of the direct sun out. The problem is though, you're over there; it's kind of flat where you are, and that hot wind blowing from the side is just as hot as if they were in the full sun. And the, it's the air temperature. You know, if it gets above, if it stays above 95 or 96, tomatoes going to drop their flowers. Uh, even if they're shaded, you know, the air around them is going to be that temperature. So, you know. Well, are you saying then that you don't think that the shading w- would help? I don't think it's going to help appreciably. Now, the way a lot of people get around that, there are some varieties that take a little bit more heat. There's one called Heat Wave, for example, and uh, I, I can't remember the names of the ones that will tolerate more heat, but really the way around that to me is to plant tomatoes three times. You know, in any part of the country, you can plant in, in uh, late March or April. You can plant again in June and again at the end of July and have continuous sturdy plants coming along because a young plant is going to produce a uh, whole lot better flowers and, and fruit than the old plants that have been kind of struggling since spring. So, what commer- I mean, commercial growers produce tomatoes all summer, but they don't keep the same plants going. They start new ones every few weeks. We plant every two weeks and uh, use the heat set varieties from yeah. the time of the year on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are those bush, those are bush type, aren't they? Yeah, we do all uh, uh, bush type. Yeah. Well, you know, what you might want to do is, you know, if you plant that much, you might want to, you know, put you some shade cloth, but I'd put it, oh, maybe six or eight feet high, you know, something, and, and it needs to be over a pretty good sized area. And I wouldn't use more than 30, 40, 50%, just see how they do. But they, you might also want to hold back on the fertilizer because regular fertilizer and shade might make the plants a little too stretchy. Okay. It's just an experiment, though. All right, and I sure appreciate it. Yeah, one other thing, buddy. We have a fellow uh, named named uh, uh, Snyder. What is his first name? I've known him forever. Rick, Rick, Rick Yeah, Rick Snyder. Okay. If you know Rick Snyder, you don't even need to call me. <laughs> <laughs> now, how am I doing on that? I answered that one correctly, didn't I? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> see, see you, buddy. <laughs> All right, thank you. Rick Snyder is the, uh, one of the top vegetable researchers uh, here in this part of the country. He's at uh, the Crystal Springs Research Station. So uh, if, you, if you're interested in commercial production, you need to talk to someone who works with commercial producers. And Rick also works with greenhouse growers, so he would probably know as much as, as anybody. Anyway, uh, we need to take a break. You're going to keep on doing the calls or what, John? Keep on. All right. We're going to go to Madison. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning. What's Listen, up? I saw a, um, a good-sized shrub. Um, not too far from my house recently, uh, maybe six feet tall, eight feet in diameter, pretty foliage, and it was covered in blue, blue flowers. Do you know what that might be? Is it a chaste tree? Yeah, yeah, kind of spiky flowers. Yeah, spiky. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's sold. It, lilac chaste tree is sold by his Latin name Vitex, V-I-T-E-X. As a matter of fact, I just planted one a week and a half ago in my garden that I got at a garden center on Highway 51 in Madison. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, they 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 grew a bunch of them from seed. The, the Martinsons. Plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they grew them from seed. Uh, I talked to uh, I think it's uh, Caesar. I don't remember the the propagator's name, but because they grew them from seed, there's a lot of variation. So I waited until they were blooming so I could get the one that was blue. Because sometimes there's some light blue and some lavender and some pale pink ones. So, so if you're gonna get and, and they were inexpensive. Pretty inexpensive because they're blooming size grown from seed, but pick out the color that you like rather than just grab one. Right, and I, do, do they um, do they vary much in size by variety? Not really. They're, they're going to make uh, they're really small, small trees. You know, they they don't get huge, but they're 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 bigger than shrubs. And um, if you've seen them around, you, you, you'll notice that they get oh, I don't know, fifteen, maybe twenty feet tall max. I've never seen one twenty feet tall. But what I did when I planted mine, Jim, was I thinned out all but uh, three or four of the, the main stems because those are going to be trunks for the rest of the plant's life. And then I thinned out a few of the branches that were left on each each limb. So, so even though I cut maybe close to half the plant off, it's growing a whole lot quicker and still blooming. and It'll get bigger quicker. Also, they really, really like hot, dry soil. Don't put them in a real rich bed and put irrigation on them. I hear you. Okay, great. That's just what I needed to know. Okay, appreciate it, Jim. Thank Thanks, you. Man. You know, Vitex is one of the most overlooked, tough, tough plants for the South. Unbelievable plant. Small evergreen tree, roundy, uh, bigger than a big bush, and spikes of pink, blue, or white flowers that honeybees and butterflies just love. One more call, then take a break. Okay, let's go down to, uh, or over to Phelps, Louise, uh, <laughs> Phelps, Alabama. Hey, Louis, how are you this morning? I'm good. How about yourself? Good. Where's Phelps? Uh, Fairhope. Fairhope. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I went through Fairhope last week. Cool little town. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I, I got a couple of questions for you. I've got uh, some squash and peppers in a raised uh, bed. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of rain lately, and I don't know if that's I know that's something I can't do anything about, but it seems like the squash plants, the blossoms are... Uh, all male. They're all male, and then the, it seems like the peppers are starting to drop the the, the, the peppers when they get to, to be about the size of a golf ball. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering what I need What I need to do. Is there anything I can spray? Uh, <laughs> any, any, I've been using insecticidal soap to a degree to try to keep... Uh, the aphids down, but yeah. is anything beyond that? Not really, because it, with this rain, not only been rainy and cool, but it's been overcast. And uh, if you fertilize, if you, if, this in a raised bed, is that what you said? It, yes, sir. Okay, uh-huh. there's a good chance your soil is a little bit richer than these plants like. I mean, country folks grow these things in just plain dirt. And, it, and sometimes in raised beds in my containers, I tend to overdo it a little bit, and the, the soil is richer, maybe a little bit more fertilizer than plants need, and that'll contribute to them getting kind of stretchy and shed their flowers. And okay. um, these plants tend to do better when they're on what I call the lean and mean side. So if you're using fertilizer, I'd use it about half strength. Okay. You know, and that'll keep them a little bit tougher, a little bit meaner, and uh, a lot of times that, that that little bit of stress will help them produce better. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, good luck on Lewis. Thanks for calling, man. Yes, sir. All righty. We have been Louisiana, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama. All we need is somebody from Arkansas, and we are set on all this. I got an email last week from somebody from St. Louis, Missouri. I'll share with you when we come back. But we've got a call from Vicksburg. We can take more phone calls. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I'm Horticulture's fellow rushing, and Java Chapman, my producer, and I are going to be bringing this garden party to you here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting for another 45 minutes. Stick with us, folks. we got some really cheesy music coming up in a little while. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. I spent a lot of time catching up on emails, and I think I got most of them. Every now and then, one gets buried because I travel a lot, and I think I've gone through most of them and, and caught up on them. But a couple, one was uh, for, for a lady from Kansas City, and uh, she says she listens to us on podcast, but she's wanted to know night lighting, you know, the low-voltage night lighting people put around their walks and around their pool. She wants to know it will affect affect her plants. Will it keep plants that need to go dark at night? Will it keep them from going dormant, and, and, you know, this fall and all? It's a good question. It's been a good bit of time researching it. And, you know, there's some plants like chrysanthemums and poinsettias and lilies that the amount of light they get determines whether or not they flower. You know, and also they found out that some street trees, when they're real close to, to urban lighting, the branches that are closest to the light tend to not go dormant. They don't have the fall color, and sometimes they actually get winter damage because they, they don't know it's getting fall. But uh, the best I could find out, for the most part, night lighting is not so bright, uh, unless you're overdoing it, in which case we have whole other issues. Um, but for the most part, it's not so bright that it's going to affect most plants at all, not her hostas or her daylilies and things like that. But I suggested that uh, she have her husband, who she says really, really likes the lights, to either get the the types that that point downward or just illuminate tree trunk. You know, in other words, directional lighting rather than just stuff that shines in your eyes. Or else uh, put some kind of little hood on them, you know, maybe a bean can or something like something that 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 makes the light shine down onto walks and steps and uplights tree trunks without really. <clears throat> without, <clears throat> without real, did I push the wrong button there? Yeah, I see. This button over here is the one that I push, and I want to get quiet, right? On a separate thing, <laughs> I got a frog in my throat. Let me see if this works. If I talk like, yeah, that turns it off. Just so, for you when you're choking and, and and coughing. The one that says short stop. Okay, I'm back. Let's go to, over to Vicksburg and see what's up with Julie. Hey, lady. Good morning. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to uh, say something to the person who was trying to grow a mimosa. You are right about the taproot on a mimosa. <laughs> it's and a I, I had, let me tell you my experience, okay? Um, I planted the mimosa. It was a cute little thing. Uh, unfortunately, I, planted, I planted it close to the, uh, my driveway, uh-huh. and uh, it grew and it grew and it grew, and, you know, it weeped. Yeah, uh, when the little little um, flowers come out on it, and it uh, it, it has a growth pattern similar to um, Asian many Asian trees, and right. so it, it sort of um, Spring. grew over my driveway. Yeah, so it's a, a sprangly thing. Cut, cut, yeah, cut the limbs back, but it grew right back out over the driveway. So then I said, okay, told my husband, I said, uh, okay, we're going to cut this all the way back, and. Uh, <laughs> And I, I want you to uh, put a winch around, I mean, put a winch on your truck, and um, we're going to put a rope around it and a chain and pull Oops. it. And so he pulled it out, we thought. <laughs> it grew back the next spring. And so then we, uh, <laughs> he then said, we're going to pour some, some black oil on it instead of fire. And so he did, and now the tree is bigger than <laughs> <laughs> they're so tough you, they're absolutely indestructible so i just wanted to caution the person who wants this cute <laughs> little uh tree to make sure that it's planted away from you know your driveway or somewhere like that you know so, and a lot of people they don't like it when i was in college i learned 10 reasons to not plant uh, my most of the trees. So I came up with 10 reasons why you should plant them. I mean, one thing is I they almost look like you could see a, a little giraffe walking around in them. They had that savanna look about them. It's just a terrific plant. But when they come up from seeds, when you try to pull one that's knee higher, bigger up, the bark is going to slip. It's going to hurt your hand. And it, now they're pretty. I like them. I, the, the caution here is just uh, you know, not plant they're like a driveway or something. Right, no, right. They're gorgeous, they're gorgeous trees. I'm surprised your husband didn't drop a transmission in the driveway trying to pull that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate your call, Julie. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, most of the trees, again, they're one of those things some people say you shouldn't plant because it spreads everywhere. It spreads everywhere because it's, it's a good plant. It's a good plant. When I was a kid, we had two of them in my grandmother's front yard. She had the trunk painted white, and she had four clocks planted all around up under them. What's up, Java? What you got going on, man? 
No, we 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 doing fine. We in here teaching uh, Patrick the intern how to how to run everything because you know your show has the the most volume of calls, so he has to learn how to work the phones. Well, while, while we're waiting for 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 Patrick to get all these phone calls in, you want to do some cheesy music? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. You brought in uh, wasn't it, isn't it a, a request? Yeah, yeah. I had a, a listener actually. He sent a request for the tune, and the the uh, the artist he suggests was an old rockabilly group called Commander Cody and the Lost Planet Airmen, which I really like. I was raised them, but I found an original version from back in nineteen forties. It's called "That's What I Like About the South." Let's hear what you cherish in Dixie. <laughs> Come with me to Alabama. Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling hammy. That's what I like about the South. Now there you can make no mistake. Where those nerves are never shaky. Or to taste that layer cakey. That's what I like about the South. She's got baked ribs and candied yams. Those sugar cured Virginia hams. Basement full of those berry jams. And that's what I like about the South. Hot corn, bread, and black eyed peas. You can eat as much as you please. Cause it's never out of season. That's what I like about the South. Ah, don't take one. Have two that dark brown chocolate too. Suits me, they must suit you, cause that's what I like about the South. Well, it's the way, way down where the cane grows tall, down where they say you all walk on in with that southern drawl, cause that's what I like about the South. Down where they have those pretty queens to keep a dreaming, those dreamy dreams, well, let's sip that absent in New Orleans, that's what I like about the South. Old Bob with all the news Got the box back coat and the button shoes But he's all caught up with his union dues And that's what I like about the South Here come old Roy down the street Who oh, can't you hear those couple of feet He would rather sleep than eat And that's what I like about the South. Now every time I pass your door You act like you don't want me no more Why don't you shake that head and sigh And I'll go walking right on by Gone on on and on and on Honey, when you tell me that you love me Then how come you close your eyes Did I tell you about the place called do I Diddy? It ain't no town and it ain't no city It's just awful small but awful pretty will do Why did Well, I didn't come here to criticize I'm not here to sympathize But don't tell me those no good lies Was a lying gal I do despise you love me like I love you, semi-50, PDQ, rosy red and violet to pink. I'm going get old 50, I don't... Got backbones and butter beans, ham, hocks, and turnip greens. You and me in New Orleans, and that's what I like about the This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. John, I, I just got to tell you, I really appreciate it. You do not holler at me in spite of all the stupid stuff that I do and say on this program. I appreciate it. You no, man, so what, do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I, mean I, thought I, I thought I was putting the, uh, the sil- pushing the silence button, and I just pushed a, a different button. I go, <clears throat> ain't nobody hearing me. <clears throat> Wrong button. And all you're doing is just laughing at me. Oh, we all make mistakes. This is we're human. Well, you know, it's just like with gardening. A lot of people think, I just feel so, so, so stupid. No, you know, when you don't know something, that means you're ignorant. You just don't know. Stupid is when you can't, <laughs> you can't learn or something. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening, and uh, we got the lives wide open. This is a good opportunity to sneak in a call about your garden or a question you've had or something you want to share, because keep in mind that here on MPB, we don't have to sell anything. We don't have to, to, to say... Uh, I don't have to favor plants or places or products or anything like that. If I like something, I'm going to talk about it. If I don't like something, I'm going to talk about it, too, because we're 
we're we're nonprofit here. So if you want to call and really arm wrestle about some stuff, I'll I'll shoot straight with you as if it were my own garden or a neighbor's garden or my mother's garden or anybody's garden. I'm gonna talk with you, uh, just as 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 if I were talking to to friends because that's what we're doing here at MPB. Um, we have a wonderful opportunity of sharing stuff. Uh, and being pretty honest about it, open and honest. I also do a lot of emails, though, and sometimes people are shy or, or they're, you know, just don't really want to go public with the stuff that, that's on their mind. Shoot me an email. We're discreet. We never share them with anybody. And if you have questions about gardening or comments, or there's something that I say which you just really don't like or don't agree with, I get emails about that too, and it gets it gives me pause. I do think about it. I do wonder. Uh, I second guess. I, I do research. A lot of times people question some of my recommendations, and I'll go back and double and triple check them to make sure that I'm giving information I think is, is, is pretty balanced. Uh, speaking of emails, I got a, a one from Kathy, uh, from Kathy, Kathy in Mount Olive. Uh, she said, thanks for uh, the reply concerning a partially hawthorn tree. They had a little tree come up in their yard. wasn't sure what it was, and it turned out to be a native plant called parsley hawthorn. Leaves look like parsley. Pretty uh, spring flowers, beautiful bark. She said, we haven't figured out how it got here. There's not another one anywhere. Well, the hawthorns have fruits, like little crab apples, like little berries, and birds eat them, and they spread them far and wide. Anyway, she said, uh, for your information, we visited Strawberry Plains Audubon in Holly Springs, Mississippi, last Wednesday. It might be helpful if you told your viewers that they can call and visit there during the year if they're looking for native plants. Uh, Audubon, Strawberry Plains Audubon in Holly Springs, they sell plants year-round, not just during the plant-selling weekends. They're very nice. We're able to get some plants we had not been able to find anywhere else. Strawberry Plains, folks, has a really nice uh, butterfly, hummingbird, bird watching. It's a beautiful nature preserve just north of Holly Springs, Mississippi, up in the north. And they have a tremendous staff, wonderful walking trails, a lot of educational outreach. They sell plants all the time. I've got quite a few plants in my garden that came from the folks who propagate for them up, up north. I appreciate that, Kathy. Thank you so much. Let's go down to Purvis. Good morning, Suzanne. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. What's up? I was calling about my gardenia bushes, which were in full bloom and so beautiful and smelling good. And then a friend of mine trimmed them up, and Oops. now they got the flowers. Are most of them are yellow? And I'm just wondering if that's bad for it to trim it when it's in full bloom. Well, it's it's really not. The the plants don't care. You know, they they put they they bloom on new growths, uh, sort of like roses and crape myrtles. So even though they're pruned, they should put out some new growth and and bloom again. The flowers the yellow for a different reason. Uh, gardenias are among my favorite uh, southern plants. I just brought back cuttings from one that's got yellow and green variegated leaves, um, and it's real real fragrant. But if you'll take a flower that's just been that's been open a day or so and tap it onto a piece of paper, tap it really, really well on a piece of paper, you'll see these tiny little cigar-shaped insects. You can get two or three yeah. on a typewritten letter I. Those are called thrips, and they sort of chew and gnaw inside the flowers. That's what turns them yellow so fast. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't know if it was going to cause disease to get on it or oh, whatever. No. But no, no. Then I have a... I have a knockout, I don't know if it's knockout rose, it's kind of on a long stalk, and I planted it in probably, uh, I tried to amend the soil, uh-huh. but I think it's in too much clay soil, because now it's not looking good. It's got a few uh, flowers on it, but yeah. it doesn't look like it did when I got it from the store. Well, you know, I just planted some roses past week. As a matter of fact, talking about clay, I planted a rose on my. I had an old dog that I just had to put down. I put a rose on I'm his grave. Sorry to well, hear that. you know, it, it happens. I pre- thank you, but it happens. But anyway, there's a lot of clay in that dirt. Um, but the problem is when you dig a hole in clay, you're digging a, a, a clay bowl. And when it rains, it fills up with water like a like a bowl full of cornflakes. So the idea is to dig down. A, f- a foot or so deep and as wide as you can, and then add stuff to that without overdoing it too much. And that sort of raises it up a little bit, and you can plant a little on the high side, like on a baseball pitcher's mound, and that'll allow for settling and also get part of the roots up above the, the wetness during wet sp- periods. So I can dig it up and redo it. When when did you plant this rose, Suzanne? 
I planted it probably a month ago. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. It's not here time to root it. Okay. I, I would I'd dig it up, rework the dirt. You know, just take what you've got and actually just make the hole wider. Bring some of that clay in and mix it with your soil amendments, and that'll fluff it up enough to you know plant it three or four inches, two or three or four inches high, and it'll do fine. Okay. Hey, and have you heard of? Monkey balls or air potatoes? Yeah, one of my favorite old fashioned ones. It's it's a it's a seriously invasive plant in Florida because it spreads like crazy. But I grow it in my own yard. Old past yeah, long plant. Pretty. Somebody uh, just gave me some of those. I'm gonna plant those. Have they sprouted yet? Yeah. Yeah, it is a cool plant. Great big glossy heart shaped leaves. It's not gonna take over here, and it makes those those aerial tubers. It's actually a type of tropical yam. Um, and uh, and it'll make uh, those things lasting in the fall. You think it's not going to do anything, and then make them lasting in the fall. Okay, sounds great. Well, thank you so much. All righty, appreciate it. Take care. All righty, let's go down Natchez. Pate, good morning. Is this Pate? Yes, sir. Good morning. What's up? Good morning. Uh, just on the road. My question is, edamame that you can get at Chinese restaurants or yep. steamable packs. Yeah. I've done some research, and what I've gathered is... is it's soybeans. Sure, soybeans. Yes, yeah, all it is, just soybeans. So is this the same that you would see in fields around this area? No, they're, well, it's in the same spe- genus and species, but there's different varieties, just like there are different varieties of tomatoes. The tomatoes you find at stores right. are, are, are grown because they stay firm a long time. Uh, edamame, uh, there, there's actually several different types of soybean that are sold at edamame. Some produce more per plant, some have bigger or sweeter. So there's there's a good variation between the types of soybean grown as edamame. If I wanted to, would I be able to grow that in this area? Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Soybeans are easy. They need, you know, they, they don't like a lot of water. They, they need full sun. So if you're going to grow them like in a flower bed or something, don't put them where it has a lot of fertilizer or a whole bunch of uh, irrigation or anything. Okay. Well, uh, what specific soybeans should I look for? Uh, you know, I can't remember because there's so many different varieties. And, you know, I, I usually get my fill just, you know, when I go out to, you know, the, the some of the the Asian restaurants I go to. I get plenty. So in my yard, so small, I don't grow it. So anyway, uh, do a little quick little research or shoot me an email because I've got a link that has a whole bunch of different varieties. I just don't know which kinds you can find locally. So do a little research and find if there's not a place that sells different varieties in order from them. All righty. Now, uh, we have a lady named Anna. She's, Anna, you say you're just driving through? Or are you having fun while you're driving through? Or just? Oh, I'm having a ball. I'm <laughs> just loving it. I'm on my way home. From where to where, if oh, I can ask? Well, I went to uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh-huh. and I'm going home to Woodward, Oklahoma. Okay. All righty. That's a good little drive. You're going to run into a little rain today, I'm afraid. Well, that's what they tell me, but I need to go anyway. There you go. Going on home. Well, take it easy. What can I help you with? Well, I was listening, and a while back, there was a gentleman, I think it was from Louisiana, called in, and uh, he was talking about a tree or a big shrub that had the blue flowers on it. I think you called it a vitex or something. That's right, V-I-T-E-X, vitex, and it grows great in Oklahoma. Oh, really? Well, how can I get one? I never heard of them. Well, it's a a plant that's been around for a long, long, long time. It's been, I mean, the Spaniards introduced it here. It's been here for a long time. And I've got a good friend who writes for the Tulsa World there in Oklahoma, and, uh, and he writes about it a lot. Any garden center... That when they order their plants, they can order it through their normal channel. So, so go to a place that's pretty big that's, that's locally owned and get them to order you some. Uh, and if they don't know what you're talking about, ask them if they can recommend a place you can shop that will help you because they ought to. Okay. All right. Well, I'm so happy. I love anything with blue flowers on it. And- and my ears perked up when I heard that. So. <laughs> it, it is, it is kind of hard to find good blue flowers in the South. And let me tell you, Anna, this is something kind of stupid to know, but I think it's fun. I spent a lot of time in England, and uh-huh. the blue flowers, everybody talks about how blue everything is there. Their flowers aren't any bluer than ours, but the way the sun is, in Oklahoma, you know, it comes almost straight down in the summertime, and so the blue yeah. colors tend to fade, and the reds and oranges tend to pop more. But if you're going to get them to order Vitex, make sure they order you a blue kind because there's some that are almost white there's some that are real pale pink and lavender and i really like that sizzling blue one all right well i will certainly do that and uh i i, I know that i have some 
uh, smaller blue flowers, and I have noticed that they do tend to fade. Yeah, and it's, just, it's, it it's just because of the angle of the sun, the humidity in the air. Anyway, I hope you have a better summer this year than y'all had last year. Oh, Lord, I do too, honey. I'm praying for that. <laughs> Appreciate so. it, Anna. Hey, if you need to, shoot me an email sometime, and I'll be, and I'm going to give the email in just a couple of minutes so you can, you can, you know, just make a note oh. of it. Don't write it down because you're driving. Oh, no, well, I, I pulled over <laughs> okay. and I parked. So. Okay, Anna. Well, our email is garden, which is easy enough, at mpbonline.org. MPB is for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Anyway, appreciate it. You you have a good trip back. Hope you don't get too wet. And thank you so much for all this good information. I'm really enjoying okay, it. Okay, appreciate it, lady. Bye now. Hey, Java, you want to play that other little cheesy tune that I brought in? It's really irritating. Yeah, and I was uh, listening to it. Um, I guess it's good for today because it's called <laughs> A Chance of Rain. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. It's not like a definite thing You should not cancel your plans Just be aware That there's a slight possibility That there might be rain chance of rain it's not gonna be a perfect day with sun and no clouds in the sky there'll be clouds floating up above and some of them might spit out some rain but it's not like it's going to be a total washout or anything like that there's simply chance of rain There's a chance of rain Yeah, yeah, yeah La, 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 la There is a distinct possibility that there is gonna be some rain But it's definitely not your plans but maybe pack an umbrella just in case there's some rain podcasts of your favorite mpb think radio programs are available now with any podcast app you can search subscribe and never miss a second of mpb think radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, old folks, welcome back. See, that's what you get when you don't call. You get cheesy music like that. Java, you know, it never stops with me. No, I, and I see that, I, I, and I learn it more and more every day. <laughs> you know, hey, and don't make me play the one he sings about humidity. Yeah, because you know it's Mississippi. We have lots and lots of that. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Well, I'm back in the saddle after spending a little time in West Texas a couple of weeks ago, and and over at the Herb Society of America in, in Arkansas before that, and Disney this past week. And I'm, I'm here for a while. So, you know, I've gotten out and planted some stuff. I, You know, when I put flowers in my garden, one of the things I do, I add a little bit. I dig up the native dirt as best I can, shovel deep, as wide as I can. And then while it's still fresh, I chop up the big pieces. I only spread a little bit of organic matter, a little compost or some potting soil or some bark, something to sort of fluff it up. You know, it's like putting crackers in a bowl of chili. I don't overdo it. Stir it in really good. And when I plant things in the ground, I don't care if it's a shrub or a big tree or a little annual or tomato plant or whatever, I 
always loosen up the potting soil and loosen up the roots. This is a crucial step that a lot of gardeners overlook in their haste and end up with plants or roots shaped just like their root ball instead of spreading out. Um, give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's go to Brandon to talk with Dawn. Good morning, Dawn. How are you this morning? I'm fine. How are y'all this morning? So far, so good. I ain't pushed too many buttons wrong yet. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> What's up? What can I help you with? I just want to tell you the variety of the Vitex is called Shiro. I had them on my koi farm, so those are the ones with the blue flowers. How, how you spell that? S-H? S-H-I-R-O, Shiro. Okay, that's the one with the real deep, I mean, it's real pretty blue. Yes, it's gorgeous. That's exactly the one. It is such a tough plant. And, uh, and the, the ones I got uh, stopped by a garden center, they grew them from seed, and there's a lot of variation in the seed ones. But they didn't have that particular one, or else I'd have sure gotten it. That's the one you need right there. Is yours blooming okay? Um, I'm not on the koi farm anymore. Oh, okay. I'm in Sandin now. Uh-huh. Uh, and they did wonderfully, but you're right. Full sun and neglect, and that's the best way to grow them. I've seen them growing in cemeteries in El Paso, Texas. What will that tell you about how tough it is? Yeah, those are the ones you like. Yeah, you know, you had a koi farm. I got an email not too long ago from somebody who said that they get their koi pond supplies from a place down in New Orleans. Is there any place that you know of in Mississippi that's, that, that's got uh, supplies for pond, pond plants and stuff? Or are you well, too far out of it now? No, no. I've been doing this for about 23 years, and you can get everything through this company. And I know you don't want to say the name on the air, but well, I, don't, I don't mind. We're not we're not sponsored here. So, you know, we're not really promoting anything. We're just trying to give information out there. Well, it's Falling Waters Koi Farm, and not only do I have the the fish here, which are authentic Japanese koi butterfly, I have the water lilies and some underwater grasses, and do the cleanings as well. Okay, is there a website? I don't do websites because I can either look at the website or check the house and hit or all Okay. Well, just people can't always remember stuff like that, but it's Falling Water? Falling Waters with an S, Koi, Farm, and you can either look it up. I'm on Facebook both ways, both under my name okay. and the company name. Well, you don't need nobody else step forward, too, so Dawn, I appreciate you your sharing with that. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. Oh, I want to ask you one other thing. Have you ever, uh-huh. eaten, ever eat a Koi? Uh, actually, they're not safe to eat. They are in the carp family. Got too many but bones. When they're authentic Japanese koi, not American koi. When they come from foreign places, they have foreign woobies, we'll call them. It's just like, you know, being exposed to something in a different country where you would have to have a shot to go into another country. Yeah. Of, it's just like I was I was out pl- picking blueberries in northern England uh, last summer, and I got bitten by these little noceums, these tiny little biting midges. Which is okay, but I scratched myself with fingernails that had dirt from northern England, and it really boogered my arms up. Oh, yeah. Okay. So don't don't eat the koi. Just just, just love them. Enjoy the koi. And don't go fishing. (laughs) Appreciate it, Don. Fish are friends, not food, right? That's right. That's right. See you, Don. Thank you. She said, falling water, koi farms I think. Anyway, let's go to South Haven up uh, near Memphis. Hey, John. Good morning, sir. Hey there, fellas. What's up? Um, I bought some roses from the Antique Rose Emporium. Uh huh. And I, uh, I don't have any topsoil in my yard. How much amendment do I need to put in? Well. No, no, she, no. We're not talking to you, sweetheart. <laughs> Does she know you're calling, John? Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, dig a hole that's at least a foot deep in the middle and at least two feet wide. Better three feet wide. Okay, this is important for these roses that have good roots. And then add, yeah. you add uh, two or three shovels full of stuff, like potting soil or compost or something. To that dirt okay. and stir them together really well. But, you know, in other words, you want to end up with more native dirt than organic matter, but over three foot wide by a foot deep in the middle. And that'll sort of pile it up a little bit in the middle. And then when you pull these, I've grown numerous plants from the Antique Rosen Pour. Always loosen up that potting soil and those roots. Stir that stuff into your dirt, too, and then plant them. Great. That, Thank you much, Bella. Okay, good luck on it. Mm-hmm. Bye. 
Matter of fact, I'm going to be doing that today. I got uh, four roses when I was in out in West Texas. I stopped by and visited my friends there at Antique Rose Emporium. We don't sponsor stuff, folks. I, you know, if there's some other places that, that, that you like that you recommend, shoot me an email. You know, we're not trying to, to list every place you could buy stuff. But, you know, if, if, if you don't know of a place, I'll, I'll tell you where I shop. You know, it's just the way I roll. And um, Antique Rose Emporium sells great own own root, they're not grafted own root plants, and that's uh, where I get some of my really good things like mutabilis, which is called the butterfly rose, which is what I planted over my old dog a couple of weeks ago. Old Rusty passed away and had to stick him in the ground, but I worked up the dirt above him and got a nice ever-blooming rose that will not stop, and every time it blooms, I'm going to think of that old spaniel. Uh, by the way, if you want to give us an email, shoot us an email anytime, garden at mpbonline.org. Be real glad to kick some ideas around with you. Uh, meanwhile, I don't think we have any more calls coming in. We had time to squeeze another one or two in. But if you've got anything that's going on that's garden-related, why don't you send me an email about it? I'd be glad to talk about it. Uh, I spent a lot of time this year. I've been from Tennessee to Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Texas, uh, you know, just I spent a lot of time traveling all over the place, uh, visiting friends, giving talks at garden centers, l- friends of libraries. We have a lot of fun when, when I do programs set up by uh, local friends of the libraries, particularly after work when there's when people are getting off of work and just want to have a little a little learn about gardening, have a little laughter, share some stuff, get some tips. And I really enjoy that a whole bunch. Uh, but also, I spend a good bit of time answering emails. Sometimes I skip some because I travel a lot and they get buried or lost. Or I need to think about that one a little bit more, and sometimes it just gets buried. So I try to catch up on it as best I can. But if you have anything going on at all about gardening and uh, you enjoy what you do, it's worth sharing. You know, you don't have to make people's eyes bleed with stupid detail about how often you turn your compost when all it takes is the leaf pile. But if you don't have a perfect lawn, or you want to have a wildflower meadow? It doesn't matter to me at all. I'd be glad to help you either way. Now, Felder, I yes, know sir. you. Um, you're always on the road and traveling and things, and you're giving me a little bit of encouragement because I think sometimes people get too um, bogged down and have to think they have to be in that garden every single day and yeah. all hours and getting people to watch their garden after they're going on vacation. And <laughs> not me. Yeah, people say the first people say it's not any work. They're the ones who are working their tails off. So. Uh-huh. That ain't me. Uh, I've had a good time today, folks, and we're going to be talking about gardening every Friday and Saturday here on MPB. Um, this is the uh, Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. My producer is a laid-back but hard-working Java Chapman. Our uh, intern has been uh, our phone greeter is uh, Patrick Price. Really appreciate him coming and help with that. And uh, I'm your host, Felder Rushing. I'm going to be thinking of all of y'all as I get out to wrap up a few odds and ends this weekend between uh, between rain showers. Hope your garden fares well. You stay cool and dry and mosquito-free. But the main thing is the weekend, too precious, let it slide. Take a kid to a farmer's market, field trip, garden center. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. Thank you.